Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language. And with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons from the hunger of Hadar to the heart of hell. And today, we're talking about warlocks. Okay, so the Warlock is the uh, youngest class in the game as of right now. Okay. Um, it only goes back to 3.5, which it kind of came out, I think, more towards the, the tail end of 3.5. So it was really, um, really young. I think the Sorcerer came out in the beginning of 3E. So, okay. So uh, that would be the second youngest class. But the Warlock's a pretty new concept, and it's gone, It's funny because in that short amount of time, it's gone through two major transformations. Like, the Warlock now is not... Anything like the Warlock from 4th edition, um, and it's not very. that's not very similar to the Warlock from 3.5. Okay. Now, um, there are some things that are, you know, congruent across the board, and a lot of the fluff is the same, although it is a little different uh, in 3.5. So, originally, <clears throat> um, Warlocks could be born with their power, kind of like a sorcerer. Okay. Or they could make a deal with uh, being of greater power. Either way, though... The magic was not sourced from the warlock themselves, but from this being of greater power. Even right, if they were born okay. with it, it was, it was given to them. It was given to them, exactly, um, for whatever reason. Um, the warlocks originally were spellless spellcasters. Um, they didn't have slots or anything like that. They had uh, what were called invocations, which acted like spells, but I think could just be cast at will. Um, I don't know that much about 3.5 warlocks, um, but that's what I do know. Okay, so we're we're kind of broaching more like what I understand the cleric to be, which mm. is uh you're given your powers by in this case a deity and your magic <clears throat> is divine. 
So okay, anyway. that's it's a good comparison, and a lot of people make that comparison, and there are a lot of similarities there, but there are some differences. Right. So in this case, we have something like I know last episode we talked about that you, we have Archfey. So an Archfey right. is able to imbue somebody with the power to be a warlock, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And so okay, so two of the main differences um, between like the cleric and the warlock. Number one is the cleric gets their power from being faithful to their deity and following the tenets of their deity. Right. So if you're uh, anti-kill and you go out and start murdering a bunch of people, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be left powerless depending on what the severity is. That could be a repercussion. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, the relationship between a warlock and their patron is less of like a pious one and more like a business relationship. It's a contract. Right. Okay. Um, they're trying to monitor you. You, you work for them. If yeah, you work for them, if they're giving it's, you power, they, they have tat. an agenda. Exactly. Tat. Uh, okay. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it is. And on top of that, while clerics serve uh, blatant deities that have mm-hmm. divine sparks and they could be evil and neutral or good. Uh, patrons are usually semi deific, but not deities. Uh, they're usually really mysterious. Like they're really out there. They're, like forbidden stuff that most people don't know about. Yeah, um, they're they're usually like a demon in a cat in a cavern deep <clears throat> underground that you have to like. Exactly, I've heard a rumor of this and, mystic creature. Right, right, and and demons a good example because uh, one of the one of the things about um, patrons is one of the running themes is they're usually very rarely benevolent. Okay, uh, they're very often malevolent. Right, which is why warlocks have such a bad rap. Like warlocks. Traditionally, before D anD D, warlocks were portrayed as like male witches or like practitioners of dark forces better left alone. Uh, pr- practitioners of things that w- which were forbidden. Like it's always something bad, 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 bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and warlocks kind of still have that um, that, that bad rap, in yeah. that stigma in D anD D, and and for good for good reason. Like so the things that can serve as patrons are archfey, which we talked a bit about archfey, and they can be scary, very chaotic, very chaotic, and who fucking knows? What well, yeah, they could they could <clears throat> be up to anything. Have greater fiends, which could be like a demon prince, which oh Jesus, or inherently uh, evil. Yeah, inherently evil, <laughs> and so, lawful usually, or, right? Uh, no, that that's uh, devils would be lawful. Okay. Demons are chaotic. That's, Demons are chaotic. So demon princes, that's that's a scary patron, and I would that's. That's a cool patron in in the concept of like how the fuck did you make that deal because demons don't usually make deals right okay or the more common fiend one which would be like an archduke of hell like the devils the greater devils <laughs> or as Asmodeus himself um, although you could be a cleric of Asmodeus because technically he's also a god and that would be kind of an interesting like multi class. Your cleric and warlock of Asmodeus. That'd be interesting. Um, Eldritch horrors. Like, you'll need both my powers. Right, right. Nice. Uh, Eldritch horrors, which are things, they're like, like if you were to make a pact with Cthulhu. Like, oh, basically shit. that. Like, like <laughs> otherworldly. Great, great old being. ones. Yeah. Okay. Otherworldly, far realm things that are like on God level power, but got it. Completely alien minded. There are some more benevolent ones like greater celestials I've seen. Um, that can okay. either be like really powerful angels, maybe even like demigods. Um, trying to think of what like lives in the heavens. Uh, celestials are real like nondescript thing. It's just like yeah. you're holy, you live in heaven, you're a celestial. Yeah, I kind of remember that from. Um... Us talking about uh, devils and deities and stuff. We have an episode, the DMing episode about oh, that. Oh, deities and religion. Yeah. Yeah. So that it, and we we did get into it, but it's like as far as the plane, the that that plane would go. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's weird. I I default to um. There's a sequel to Dante's Inferno, mm-hmm. where he goes to heaven, mm-hmm. and they're just like these planets 
like different planets that mm-hmm. he goes jumps like celestial bodies that he's jumping from and different things are going on there or whatever but it's it's also kind of I wouldn't use it for D&D. A lot well personally. it's funny that you say that cuz I've I've seen stuff like that in D&D where like the celestial bodies of heaven were places that you could go like yeah like the the positive planes are almost portrayed as like these planets across this astral sea of space. That and that's kind of what they describe in the book. Yeah. So it's a, it's a little it's a little odd uh to me. Like, it's it's definitely different. The concept is cool but like I'm talking about just Dante's Inferno itself. Oh but, yeah. Well, it's a lot of people uh don't know like Dante's Inferno is more of a political piece than anything so. yeah but anyways moving back to patrons um other things that uh are traditionally um capable of being patrons are like greater elementals or like genies which we haven't really talked about genies yet we'll yes, do a genie yes. episode but genies in D&D they are of the elemental planes right and they usually strongly preside over one element mm-hmm. so it could be a really powerful genie or just primordials which are basically like titans yeah and the their, their coloring in the monster manual is a lot like the genasi so they've got like these greens well, and blues and reds and yeah, um, well yes and there's a reason for that the word genasi has genie in yes yeah, genasi and genies are inherently tied together a lot of the time um the last one i can think of off the top of my head for warlock patron would be we talked about this in the shadowfell episode the dark uh-huh. powers oh okay like they're like Kind of the archfey for the Shadowfell in their own way, and they're greatly mysterious and very, very evil. They're the big dogs. Yeah. Okay. And there's not a lot of lore around them, so you'd have to make up most of it. But right. yeah, the dark, the dark powers would be would be warlock granting. Cool. Um, being someone drinks some of this water. Yeah. If you're going to be a warlock in your game, um, so you're going to have to take uh, powers from one of these greater beings, right? You're going to have to basically yeah. decide with your DM what what's going to be the setup for this. Did right. you come into the game when you had them? Cause I've got a, uh, I I'm sure there's players that are going to want a multi-class. Maybe they're going to oh, want a multi-class yeah. warlock. And, and then you've got to basically that. tie that into the story. True. You're going to have True. to meet up with one of these big, bad <clears throat> beings and get out alive. And you've got to work that out between you and the player. And the, yeah, does the party know, does the party, does the party unaware? How yes. are you going to do that? It's yeah. Warlocks, warlocks create this crazy, cool dynamic of like, world building and role play because they got their power isn't from a deity that's super hands off like a lot of deities are and the power doesn't come from themselves their wizards you know wizards learn their magic they study it they understand it sorcerers are born with it uh warlocks make a deal to get it right and there was this funny analogy i saw online that was like um wizards study to get an a sorcerers sleep through class but still get an a <laughs> Warlocks sleep with the teacher to get that A. Hell yeah! So that's that's a good analogy Sweet. there. Yeah. So that's the warlock for you. Okay. Um, they they're they're generally portrayed as being a very it's a very ambitious and driven class because mm-hmm. they did whatever it took to get what they wanted and they got it yeah. and they got out alive. Yeah. And I think I think that's a big part of or that's a big thing that you'll want to think about when you're role playing your warlock. Like you made a deal with something very dangerous. Why? Yes. And why? Then, like, give your and, character some motivation. Like, and what, what happened? What maybe the development will happen? Where like, do I? What happens if it goes wrong? What happens if you don't hold up your end of the deal? Exactly. Uh, the the patron can create huge problems, not just for the player, but for the party. Right. And often will because since most patrons are kind of dicks, like it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And the nature of your relationship with your patron 
will really affect like the role play opportunities for the DM and the player. And like I've I've seen okay, so like you could be like a zealous cultist and you can like treat the warlock thing kind of like a like a cleric would. Like you're just really zealous about your dude, like your okay. patron. And you made a deal and you're super proud about that. You're right, like, you're right. About Demogorgon shit. Like, <laughs> you really love it. Hell yeah, um, Demogorgon. Yeah. And then you're my bro. <laughs> or or it could be more like uh like a master and apprentice. Okay. Like you aspire to be I want to be Demogorgon. Yeah, well, that's a poor choice, but yeah, <laughs> sure. Well, it's more like, you know, maybe you made a deal with an Archfey, and, like, the Archfey is a powerful spellcaster. You, that's what you want to be. So it's yeah, okay. almost like a master-apprentice kind of relationship. Well, for you, maybe not for the patron, or maybe for both of you. It kind of seems... It could, it could go either way. Yeah, I like to picture it like they're... Um... I'm going to send out my emissary because if I walked out into the world, I'd be targeted and destroyed because yeah. I'm a big Warlocks nasty dude. Are definitely agents. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, another one that I like, and I don't see it often enough, it's like a CEO and a manager kind of like relationship. <laughs> okay. Where like the the patron is the patron has a brand and he wants that brand represented and established. And you, there's a lot of humor and stuff you can do with that. Don't forget to clock out for your short yeah, rest. It can be really lawful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which could be cool. Like, can you imagine like his patron that micromanages? It would be a nightmare. It would be hilarious. Like, I'd love it. You're resting um, now, really? Yeah. Like, we have work really? to do. <laughs> exactly. You're on the clock. You have at least um, four more mountains to scale. Get not, on it. I'm not paying you overtime for this. <laughs> um, there's the reluctant alliance kind of relationship where it's like you and the patron, basically, there, there's something that you both wanted from each other, okay. but you don't like each other. And yeah. you don't want to be doing this. And obviously the player wants warlock powers. Right. So <laughs> so you got like this reluctant, like, oh, fine kind of deal. I like, guess I'll kill the yeah. people of this town for you. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Um, one I've never really seen, but I've played, uh, played with in my head is like unrequited love. And okay. this works pretty much only for the Archfey or maybe a celestial kind of deal where your, your patron has to be like maybe not benevolent, but definitely not malevolent. And, like, I, I was playing around with an idea of, like, maybe, like, a gnome or an elf or even a human who, like, fell into the Fey. Life was in danger. Archfey happened to be in the area and saved them for whatever the reasons were. Um, and brought in this player character and basically kind of formed kind of a... Kind of took them in, took them under their wing, and maybe, okay. like maybe the player fell in love with this beautiful being of power, okay. and wanted to serve her or him. So it becomes of more of like a willing uh, symbiotic kind of thing. Yeah, and maybe and maybe the like arch. I could, I, I'll save you because yeah. I can use you later. Yeah, exactly. And it's very doubtful that the archfey could return that love, and maybe the archfey loves the player character. In a way that an Archfey, in the only way an Archfey could. But in the end, it's manipulation. Okay. In the end, it's yeah, like... Yeah, I love how you do all these favors for yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to give you, like, power and stuff, and I'm going to let you be my agent. I'm going to tolerate you. Right, so, okay. And I kind of like, what if it was, like, this unrequited love? I, I just like this idea of this warlock, like, I serve my lady, and I'll do anything for her kind of deal. And, and they're like, yeah, cool, that sounds yeah, great, bro. Exactly. Now go it, do it. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be an interesting role-play situation. I think it'd be really cool. Um, So... Let's t- okay. Let's talk about how not only does the type of patron you choose and the relationship with them like affect your um, your role play experience, but it can ref- it can affect your character's personality too. If you think about it, yes. Like if you um, serve an agent of evil, yeah, it's I evil might rub off on you. Yeah, yeah, are you lawful good or what? That right. doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. But but more than that, so like 
the great old ones are like these beings of like the fifth and sixth dimension, right? They're super outside our understanding. And one of the like main staples of like uh, Lovecraftian lore is uh, the great old ones will drive you mad. It is inevitable. Yeah. So like you, even their appearance might drive you mad. Exactly. So like if you made a deal with one, I could see your warlock, if not descending into madness over time, at least their mind being slightly broken and then being somewhat insane. Yeah. You like might pick I, up a couple quirks. I've or, been exposed to this nonsense. Right. Now I've got issues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Good. And maybe you don't know you even have those issues, but like as a player, you you know your character has these issues and I've, you're going to role play them. Yeah. That's I've, one way to put it. What kind of great old ones do we have that are like... So we have like the Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, depictions of like giant worms with like mouths full of teeth and eye like crazy eyes mm-hmm. all over them that like slither and squirm. And there's like giant right. spider type things and mm-hmm. things like that. Like, uh, are we? So we're looking for something that's kind of like not just a wild beast, right? Basically, that lives no great out old this. ones are. They definitely have to be some form of intelligence. Like, there's a vampire mm-hmm. uh, that is considered like a great old one, like the original or whatever. Would that oh, be you're like talking about like, like that? Dark Tower? Yeah. Okay. As I do. We're uh, we're. I only want to talk about great old ones for a little bit because we are going to do a great old ones episode, and it's a big subject to cover. Okay, but. Two things. Yeah. Two things about great old ones. Number one is they are ancient beyond all reason. Mm -hmm. Time doesn't really exist for them. So one thing I've seen when it comes to like the the great old one patron making demands of the warlock is really bizarre things. Like I want you to steal a book from this library and I want you to take it to this city and leave it on this shelf in this man's house while he's not there. Okay. That's that. Why you don't like you'll never understand as a warlock and it will never come to fruition as a player, uh, probably not in that campaign. But the reason that the the great old one wanted you to do that is because they're playing a game so long that like you leaving that book there is going to lead to some horrific yeah, shit, some butterfly the effect. Exactly. There yeah. we go. So their minds kind of think like that. On top of that is um, uh, in an actual Lovecraftian lore is uh, you get like these images of like Cthulhu with like the squid head and the yeah. wings and whatnot. Lots of tentacles. Those are just images that people draw in order to try and put something to the name. A place marker. Like, so I this thing I can't imagine. I can at least like physically represent it. Exactly. Somehow. Because okay. like, OK, so if these things exist in dimensions that we are incapable of comprehending right have you ever heard of like the flatland kind of theory no i don't okay think so. flatland theory is like imagine we're three-dimensional beings right i would assume yes yeah, well yes we are <laughs> imagine uh i mean the viewer ima- can only hear us imagine there are two-dimensional beings on a piece of paper they okay. live in flatland everything is flat all they know is that which is flat and they cannot see into the third dimension they can they can they can move left to right left to right and yeah up and down but they just can't. like Mega Man yeah just <laughs> like any 2d video game character but they can't see above the paper or right. below the paper or right outside the paper and we can hover all around the paper and they'll never see us uh, and they'll never detect us or know anything about us what if we took our finger and dropped it right down on top of the paper what would the 2d being see well Mega Man would charge his blaster and shoot it well, yeah, but what would Mega Man even see? <laughs> I don't think know, They would see though. the circle of point. our fingers. Yeah. They would see, like, this weird fleshy disc in their world just come out of nowhere. And they'd be like, <laughs> okay. what, what the hell is that? Now, imagine 
a being that exists in the fifth and sixth dimension and they reach into our dimension. Like the the weird, bizarre things you're gonna see are like like I don't know, like bizarre ligaments and and, and juices and blood and almost like tentacle like things that aren't even tentacles appear out of nowhere and like surround you and you're like, What the fuck? And then they just disappear. But you know they're still there. But yeah, that shit happened. You can't see them right now because they're in the fifth dimension watching you. And, and there's nowhere on earth you can go to escape them because there's nowhere on that paper those two dimensional beings could ever go to escape you. Like, we're talking about like stuff like that when it comes yeah. to great old ones. And they're beyond. Is, those are the types of things that uh, will lead to the madness is that unable, you're unable to comprehend what just exactly. happened. Exactly. And I and I hope that was comprehensive in some sort of way. Yeah. So how old are the great are the great they're old bond they're reasons? They're timeless. They're timeless and usually the great old ones are, are depicted as things that even the gods fear. Oh, do you um, do you think they get tired? No. They I never get, get tired. I get tired. Well, that means you need a short rest. We should take one. Let's take one. All right. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode where uh, we don't talk about what we were talking about. We talk about something else in this part of the episode. We talk about us. We talk about you. Let's talk about you. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Been seeing those views come in just like every week. Thank you so much. Yeah, you guys rock. Like we've been getting a lot of fan feedback lately, and it's been really cool. So On the up uh, thank and you. Up. All right. Um, <laughs> what are we doing these days? Um, well, we got a contest going. It's true. And I've talked about it for like the last five episodes or something like that. Get in on um, this contest. Yes. Uh, we're running out of time. By the time this episode drops, though, we'll be like two, two and a half weeks, something like that left. On the 4th of July, we are giving away three Hero Forge minis. These are completely customized and ultra detailed minis. Super good. Um, they're, they're really, really nice minis. Um, I actually own two myself. And the way you enter the contest is you get on Twitter. You follow us on Twitter, and you send, you tweet out a link to our show. It can be any episode, any playlist, on any platform. It doesn't matter. Um, with the hashtag DungeonCast, and you will be instantly entered into this uh, this contest. And uh, we're pulling three names on the fourth. And uh, hopefully, well, well, one of you will win. But hopefully, it's you. Specifically, you. And not just one of you, but one of you plus one of you plus one of you will yeah. win. All three so, of you. Yeah. <laughs> all three of you guys, congratulations in advance. That is happening. Uh, this is all based off of uh, word of mouth. We're trying to get the, the, the word... Uh, spread as far and wide as possible. So even if you don't want to enter the contest or you do want to enter the contest and you want to help us out, please tell your friends about the show. Tell them about the Dungeon Cast. If you think they'll like it, uh, lead them uh, lead them to us, and we will take care of the rest by making the content that we make. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can find us on SoundCloud.com slash the Dungeon Cast. You can search for us on YouTube. Just search the Dungeon Cast. We should pop up. Uh, you can find us on any of the podcast apps. You can... Uh, uh, is that it? Where else can you find us? You can find us... On YouTube and SoundCloud and Stitcher and all that stuff, yeah, yeah. go find us there. If you're using a, if you're using an iPhone, if you're if you're using some kind of Apple software to listen to the podcast, please leave us a rate uh, a rating on there and some feedback in the comments section. That'd be greatly appreciated. That would also help us out a lot. Uh, but otherwise, should we go back to the show? Let's get back to the show. Let's go back to the show. So uh, the last thing we talked about, we, well, we got really into the great old ones, like right there before the yes, short rest. We did. Um, but we got into that because I was talking about how the patron may affect the personality of the warlock. And right. With the great old ones, it would be like insanity with... Um, it's just slightly insane. Just just a little bit. Um, one of the things with the with the Archfey is like you might be what's called like fair around the edges, which is like maybe you're a little more graceful than is normal. Or maybe like when you speak, sometimes like your voice like has a slight reverb to it, like a slight echo, like that maybe your eyes are a little touch. brighter. Yeah, you yeah. just got that 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 face spice. Promises make mean more to you all of a sudden. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. That's actually a really good example. You fucking love yeah. peaches. Yeah, they maybe, remind you of the maybe, sunset. Yeah, exactly. That too. <laughs> like maybe when you swear something, you swear it by your name. You swear it by you swear it by three. Oh, like you when you say oh. something, like you swear it by your good left hand, by the ever changing moon, and by the light in the eyes of the woman you love. Oh shit! Like, and that's every time you swear anything. Like, that's wild. I guess. Actually, just all of a like, sudden you the, start talking shit like that yeah exactly oh. and the, like yeah maybe you speak a little more poetically like the warlock is cool because to me like i i think it at this point has taken the place of my favorite spellcasting class okay uh, not uh, full caster not paladins because paladins still my second favorite class but the warlock is just such a fucking flavorful class yeah like, it's definitely. a very zesty class if I really you like can it. have this 
this uh, this player character that you've developed for X amount of time, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's like time to change it up. Going to be a warlock. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Really I, cool. I probably thought of more like warlock characters than any other class because it's just such a there's so much you can do with it. Oh yeah, all these all these different <clears throat> uh, elements you can pull from. Really yeah. cool. Really and, cool. And speaking of what you can do with it, let's actually get into the the features of a five E warlock. Yes. Let's. Um. So we talked about. Patrons in general, and you will, otherworldly patron is probably one of the main features you get as a warlock. Right now, there's only three in the player's handbook. Um, okay. There's the fiend, the great old ones, and the archfey. Awesome. Um, and each will give their own special stuff. But on top of that, there are pack types. Like, there's a type of pack that you can make with your patron. Okay, so you pick you pick your patron. You pick your patron. And then you pick a, a sub, you sub pick a type. Yes, I believe at level three, you get your packed type. Okay. Uh, which uh, there right now there's three main categories, which are the blade, the chain, and the tome. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the tome is probably the most straightforward. It just makes you a better spellcaster. Right on. Uh, you gain what's called a book of shadows, and in that book of shadows, you get extra cantrips, extra spells, and stuff like that. Yeah. If you're carrying a book <clears throat> around as a player character in D and D, I fear you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Pact of the Chain is cool because it specifically gives you a special magical familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, in the game of D&D, there's a spell called Find Familiar where you're allowed to, you cast it and there's like a certain list of creatures that you can call to you and they will be your familiar. Nice. Okay. Um, the Warlock gets an expanded one if they choose this pact because of the nature of their um, their uh, pact and their patron. They get a choice of things like a pseudo dragon or a sprite or an imp or a quasit, which is like an imp equivalent of a demon. And nice. There might be another one on that list, but those are the four that are coming to mind. Little right dragon now. chilling <laughs> on your shoulder or whatever. Yeah. And exactly. those are ever present. They don't go away. They don't go away. I mean, there might be like invocations you can get where they turn invisible or something like that. I don't actually know. But okay. generally, like they're there. And the reason that <clears throat> they're special is because each of those creatures has certain magical capabilities that well, normally when you when you summon a familiar, it's like a cat. Right. Okay. Or a and that Owl. thing, that thing has like a personality, or like uh, yes, generally speaking, when, do they when speak? Find familiar? Like, uh, yeah, those those like sprites are like little, they're fairies. They're like little pixie people. Okay, and so like who imps who, are intelligent? So are closets, I think. Who's uh whose responsibility is to role play? Does the player character role play that also? I would say usually it's going to be your DM, but okay. it's really up to your group. Um, but it makes more sense if it's a DM. But what's cool about the the chain pact is like now we got a third character to role play, like a third role play experience. Yeah, you have your patron, you have your exactly. familiar, and you have your. So warlock. the DM has to be kind of uh, <clears throat> wary, like oh, what would they mindful of? Like your patron is like this, your sprite mm-hmm. is like this. It can be a lot of work, but I I would say it's it's mo- mostly a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Yeah. So uh, oh, and then there's the. Uh, the blade pact, which basically you get a magical sword that you can summon, and um, later on there will be invocations you can take that will enhance your melee capabilities. Nice. I'm wondering what happens to your sprites if they die, like in like if somebody targets them in battle or something um, like that. If your sprite dies in battle, I mean, because I'd imagine it has stats and HP, right? Yes, yes, it does. Okay. Um, I imagine that the patron would either replace it or revive it. Somehow. Or, say, or like I, I don't think the patron would be like, well, you fucked up. No more familiar for you. Oh, fuck, I don't have any no. more of those, man. Well, I think the, <laughs> I actually think the way the mechanics work is the mechanics say you can cast the find familiar spell. Okay. On top of it, add these creatures to the list. Okay. So like, it's really not up to the patron. Like, if your sprite dies, you can find another one. I guess. <laughs> 
You just sacrifice your sprites over yeah, and over like, again. Yeah, you don't even bother learning their name. You're Sprite 23. If, if your DM is role-playing them, it's like, fuck, man. Yeah, you yeah, fucking yeah, stop yeah, it. You're the worst. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I like the Blade Pact a lot because in 4th edition, there was a subclass of Warlock called the Hexblade. Which I've heard of that, yeah. They recently released an Unearthed Arcana right. on, and I'm super stoked because I want to roll a Hexblade, and I really hope that the book that's coming out in November that has a bunch of Unearthed Arcana stuff has a Hexblade. Probably won't, but it would be really <laughs> cool if it did. Nice. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the Blade Pack just gives you uh, the ability to be competent in combat, in melee combat, as well as spellcasting. Always useful. It's uh, You're bordering the... Um the what is it the fighter subclass the eldritch knight the eldritch yeah. knight yeah. yeah and yeah it's supposed to be like while the eldritch knight is a fighter that casts spells the the blade lock is a spellcaster that can fight right so, okay yeah and, and it's honestly i love it but it's it's a little lackluster compared to the actual hex blade from 4e which i love so much um so uh let's talk about actually casting spells cuz warlocks do it way different than any other class so okay. we know that like all the other spellcasting classes get like a certain number of slots depending on if they're a full caster or a half caster or even a, uh, a quarter caster or whatever right, they're called. Right, correct. Um, warlocks have slots, but they don't work like that. Warlocks, I think, start off with only two slots, maybe one slot. And by the time they're level 20, they only got like five slots total. Okay. Which sounds terribly underpowered, except for it isn't. And it's for two reasons. Uh, the main reason being... Warlock spell slots replenish after a short rest. Nice. Not after a long rest. That's really good. Depending on how your party does things can be incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. It means that at level 20, they can cast five level nine spells, wait an hour, and then do it again. Fuck yes. It's godly. Um, But short rests aren't entirely available all the time. Yeah, that's all dependent on the campaign you're you're being run through. It might be you burn through your five slots and you don't get a short rest for who knows how long. Um, And basically you're you're impotent at that point. That's the thing about D&D when you're using like, when do I use my bonus stuff? I don't know what the future holds. Yeah, which is why role play it. Just do what your character would do. Right. It makes it more fun. What happens, happens. Right. Um, To help counterbalance this uh issue especially at the at lower levels of running out of spell slots and then being impotent yeah like, basically um, worthless you get what are called invocations which okay. are carryover from uh, 3.5 in which invocations kind of come in a few categories the first category is um some invocations will give you the ability to cast specific spells at will much like a cantrip Okay. Like, um, I think mage armor is you can get mage armor at will, meaning like you don't have to burn a slot for it. You just every battle pop your mage armor. Nice. That's cool. Um, some of it are things like um, uh, detect magic. You can cast that at will. Like they're mostly useful. Yeah, spells. very useful. Um, another category they seem to fall into is enhancing your senses. Like you can get dark vision or you can get like enhanced hearing. Uh, you can comprehend all languages that you can read. What? Uh, you can just do that? that? Well, you're limited in the number of invocations that you can take. Uh, I think two at level three or two. at the beginning, you only get a couple, but you, then you gain like one every other level or something like that. Okay. Uh, so you get like eight or nine of these things by level 20, which is a good amount. 
Another thing that they do, and they'll be packed specific, they will enhance the thing that your pack does. So, like, if you are a blade packed warlock, there are invocations that you can take that can enhance your combat ability. Yeah, it sounds like, I'm assuming mage armor will, like, buff your AC or yeah, something like that? Yeah, although that one's not specific to your pact, um, it would help a blade lock, like, a lot. Okay. Uh, but there are, but there are there ones are, specific for yeah, those there things. there are pack specific Got ones it. that you can only take if you're a specific pack type. Interesting. Um, ones that will like give you temp HP when you kill something with your sword. Ooh. Some that will just boost your damage with your sword. Nice. Some that will boost the defenses or capabilities of your familiar if you're a chain lock. Ooh, cool. Some that will boost your spellcasting abilities. Is if, your familiar rolling in the initiative? Maybe. It just depends. Maybe it doesn't partake in the fight. Oh, okay. Like it, That really depends. But um, uh, So yeah, the, you have those categories. And then the final category or probably the 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 final main category is your eldritch blast um enhancers eldritch blast is a warlock specific cantrip that is the most powerful cantrip in the game and you can get invocations that will boost its power boost its range boost its uh like uh not range again uh it's targets like i think you oh like targets okay cool nice Um, so this is like the kamehameha wave of fucking D D. Pretty much. <laughs> Sick. Okay, cool. Yeah, and it, it can boost, like, it, its damage capabilities and all kinds of stuff. Nice. There's, like, seven invocations that can just specifically boost the Eldritch Blast. Oh, um, shit. So, and, you know, and that's cool. Um, so it's just, like, a magical force of, like, energy? It, the Eldritch Blast is really... Uh, like how close am I with the Kamehameha Wave? Hmm, not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's usually portrayed as just, like, you point... Your your rod or your wand or whatever at something, and a bolt of energy just emits from it and just pierces your enemy. Oh, I'm not that far off. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, it's <laughs> you know, it doesn't take as long. It's well, cantrip. the Kamehameha wave is latent energy that exists within your okay, body. There you go. That you fire out of your fucking hands. <laughs> All right. Well, sure. It's the Kamehameha wave, but that makes Hell it yeah. feel better. It does. Like, but it is very open to interpretation and is often like reflavored depending on what you want it to be. Right on. Um. Another uh, unique spell, it's not a cantrip, but it's a unique spell for the uh, um, warlock. It's uh, called your hex or your curse, but the spell's oh, called hex. Oh, is that it's like a hunter's butter. mark? Yes, it's like hunter's mark. Ooh. It's the bread and butter of damage output for a warlock. You're going to be casting hex. Yeah, it's going to put that excess, uh, extra damage on whatever yeah. you're targeting, yeah. right? Yeah, and after you kill whatever it is, your hex transfers to the next enemy of your choice. Really cool. And that um, that's in 4th edition. As far as I know, that's where it originated. And in 4th edition, the warlock was a striker class, a damage dealer, and the uh, curse, the warlock's curse, was their, their striker feature that caused that extra boost in damage and why they were a striker. Cool. So it went from curse to hex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And it's, a, it's the same shit. So let's talk a little bit about like some of the things that like your patron will give you depending on which of the three you've chosen. So the Fey Warlock will over time give you innate charming abilities. I think at level one, like you get, it's, it's not a spell. It's just a thing you can do where you can just charm someone for like a minute or something like that. Sick. Um, you get like a teleportation thing. Um, it's basically Misty Step, but again, without the spell slot. Also sick. At level six, you get that. Um, at level 10, you get the ability. I think you're immune to charm. And this is cool. You get the ability to reverse. If someone tries to charm you, you reverse it back on them. <laughs> now they're charmed. They fucked up. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah. And Call them an idiot to their face too. They'll yeah, remember it in an hour. Yeah, well, they'll remember it in an hour. And then the last thing they get is a thing called Dark Delirium, which is... 
the ability, again, this is not a spell, doesn't take a slot, to send someone, not send someone, but make someone um, cast an illusion spell on them where they think they're in some dark nightmare, whatever their worst nightmare is. Oh, shit. And uh, I think they will also become frightened while they're in the nightmare, but the most important fact is, like, while they're under your thrall, if you will, they are... Uh, they believe they're in whatever nightmare realm that they're in. That now. the fucking being from the fifth and sixth dimension fucking put its tentacle down. On there them. you go. Hell yeah. There you go. So, uh, and that reminds me of a power that warlocks get in fourth edition called uh, uh, Curse of the Dark Dream, which is a very similar kind of situation. Okay. Um, the so one thing I've noted about the face stuff is it's all very like uh, tactical and cunning type of stuff. It's like yeah. you can teleport okay. and you can charm stuff and you can trick stuff. Um, the fiend stuff is very aggressive and brutal. More like you, damage based. More damage based in a way. Um, I think at level one you get the ability to, whenever you kill something, you gain a certain amount of temporary HP. Um, I think later on you get like certain resistances to elements. I think there's a point where like you just choose an element at any point in time. You now resist that element. Hell yeah. It can only be one at a time, but you just choose and, and you're good to go. Like the magic um, belt from the adventure zone. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, really cool. Yeah, that's exactly. And Magnus just like turns the. the <laughs> I switched my belt to fire. Exactly. Ah! <laughs> so it's very, it's very similar to that. Uh, their their final big one is called Hurl Through Hell, and it's Ooh. it's like the Dark Dream one, but worse. Um, you literally for a turn send someone into hell. Oh God! And they, okay. And they come back the next turn, and they have taken ten d ten psychic damage. Yeah, man. Because when you cross over <laughs> into hell, time stops. It's a John Constantine right. reference. It, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. Um, and then, uh, so again, more brutal stuff, more damage, more just brutality, just lethal shit. Um, the the great old one gets uh, a lot of mind manipulation stuff. So the first thing you get when you take them as your patron is the ability to speak telepathically with anything and everything. Holy shit. Well, anything that can think. So I can yeah. just do that. Yeah, you can just do it. Oh, right, yeah, all no, right. No, not a problem at all. Um, the next thing they get is they get... Uh, this ability to kind of control fate for like a second. Um, and they can make a character have disadvantage. And if that character or monster misses, then they have advantage on their next attack. What? They can do that once a short rest. All these are mostly once a short rest. Yeah. Still um, though. Really yeah. Good. Still. That's a really cool. That's at level six. You definitely know um, when to use those types of things at level 10, they get the ability to block anyone from reading their mind and they also resist psychic damage. And if something uh, causes psychic damage to them, uh, they resist it. And they also cause the equivalent of psychic damage to the thing that caused it to them. If that okay. makes sense? Yeah. Okay. So you get that at level 10. And then finally at level 14, you get... The, this one's cool. You get the ability to enthrall an unconscious being. There is no save. There's nothing. It's just if something falls unconscious, you can now enthrall it. And it will be enthralled until someone casts a remove curse spell on them. Oh, shit. Yeah, which could that's be very specific. Never. Yeah, it's very specific. And uh, yeah, that's a level 14. You can just, you're my thrall now forever until someone figures it out. Where, who, who and what and in what circumstances do you get, like, basically where does the remove curse spell come from? How common is that? It's a list. I think it's like a level three or four spell. Okay, so. So it's not too terribly uncommon. So what kind of caster you got to be to do I that? I think almost any caster can get their hands on that one. I okay. know the cleric like and druids can. can do it. I, maybe druid, probably druid too. Okay. I think literally every caster except for like a paladin or ranger can get their hands on it. Nice. All so, right. Well, so not so hard. To, it's not so hard. But you yeah. But you someone can. has to know and figure it out. Right, exactly. 
So those are those are the features that you get out of the fighting Ouch, player's man. handbook. Yes. And it's a lot of cool stuff. The Warlock's a fun and scary class. Do you have any questions? Uh, no. Okay, I guess, I guess <laughs> we're going to call it a game then. Let's call it a All game. Right. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. See you next time. <laughs>